Hi, and welcome to this edition of Journey to a Dream. This podcast is all about getting to know the people behind the visors. This is something that Connor Wade, who we're going to hear from in a moment, actually says himself, and it's just the perfect way of putting it. What is it like for those people who want to come and race here in the Isle of Man? What goes into making it happen? Let's find out. My name's Connor Wade, I'm 27, and I'm from a little village just outside of London called Hertfordshire, although it's not really little, actually, to be fair, but yeah, a little town called Hitchin, just in Hertfordshire. So yeah, that, that's that's me, and yeah, but be sort of racing now for literally just just a couple of years. So um, yeah, sort of uh, sort of a bit new to it all, and yeah. If I say the words road racing to you, what are the first things that spring to mind? Shit, like so much comes to mind. It's I, I couldn't even you can't even explain it in words. Like there's it. It's like the closest thing to like, you know, Grand Theft Auto, the video game. It's like a bit like Grand Theft Auto, the video game. Um, it's it just, yeah, just like buzz and like a feeling of like petrol and stuff running through your veins. It just, ah, oh, yeah, just, just feels amazing. Just speed, the thrill. Yeah, just proper, proper thrill, thrill seeking sort of stuff is really what sort of comes to mind. And you said you, you're actually fairly new to racing. So just talk us through how it came about then. Why did you sort of discover this path, I guess? Well, I, I suppose it, it, it sort of happened. I mean, I've always sort of been into my, into my bikes and stuff. Dad, Dad's always had bikes and whatever. But I'd never really been that interested in sort of road racing and stuff. And it weren't until um, me and my dad went to go watch the TT when I was about sort of, I think I was 16, 16, 16 or 17. Um, and yeah, I'm, the first bike coming through just like made my head fall in, do you know what I mean? And it was just like the most amazing thing that I'd ever seen and I couldn't get my head round what they were doing. And from that moment on, from seeing that first bike go through, I said to myself, I, I got to try and find a way of doing it. So, but like anything, it's so expensive to do. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to, to you know, to, you know, I don't come from a family with, with, with sort of money or anything. If, if I needed to do it, I needed to pay for it myself. So I had to, you know, get a job and buy a bike. And then you, you start the long process of, you know, trying to get where you want to be. So. And what was the reaction from your family to this decision? <laughs> well, I, th- I think my mum, to be honest with you, would, would rather I do something like knitting. Um, but it's, it's one of them things, it's like... The, at the end of the day, that they're no one going to do it no matter what. And same thing with my dad. My dad knows that he's probably not best pleased with it. He probably wishes I played football or, you know. But I think they realise that if you if you want something that much and you've got the, the dream of doing it, you, you're going to do it. So they might as well support you and help you do it. Otherwise, you, I'm going to do it without them. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're not they're not best pleased. But at the end of the day, that they want to make sure I'm safe and you know can just be supportive parents and that, that's all you can really ask for off of as far as that so and, and they do exactly that so it's amazing so then teenage connor decides going down bray hill is the thing for him how then <laughs> do you go through that process of making it happen could you just sort of talk through i mean it's not as easy as just saying oh i want to do that i'll sign up is it no i mean Sort of, sort of half half the battle is is sort of saying to yourself, okay, well, you know, you you have to commit. You can't go into it for me, anyways. I, I found you can't really go and attack it sort of half heartedly. Um, I found that you know it, it was something that I wanted to do from the get go, 
and everything I did in my racing career was, you know, was was to to get to the point where I could go down Bray Hill, and you know that that starts off by by you know saving up with pennies. Um, I bought myself a an SV six fifty at the time. Um, did my race license, you know, just go to like a, a school for the day. You do a sort of an induction thing in the classroom, um, and then you do a few sessions on track. You know, once you've got your race license, you're then classed as like a a novice as such. Um, which then means that you can you can actually start racing. That only means you can start racing at sort of club level um, championships on short circuit stuff. So you know your, your brands hatches and and whatever. And, and basically, you've got to complete um, 10, 10 sort of races. Um, so one one race a day. You can only have, you know only take sort of one signature per day. Um, and basically, in that first year, or you know, or however long you want to take. Um, you basically just got not to crash um, and just get some finishes. You then sort of take them finishes you were at the end of the year or two years. You submit them to the ACU and they go, okay, well, you look, you, you can ride around and, you know, you're not a danger to people and you can finish races. We'll, we'll put you on a clubman license. And that's where it starts getting a lot different. You know, that's where it really starts sort of ramping up a little bit because, the, the jump from sort of a clubman license to a sort of a national license, which you can then, you know, take to the Isle of Man TT, you can take to the Southern 100, you know, you can take to all these sort of like bigger events, um, all require sort of like a, what they call a sort of like a 92.5% finish within a racing time. So, and you've got two years to do 10 events, which you think, you know, sitting down here now, you think, oh, you know, that's, that'd be easy, you know. Yeah, you know, ten events. Yeah, that's like five a year. But it it can soon catch up with you when you know have a few bike problems. You know, you're feeling a bit ill. You crash your bike. You know, you you run out of money a little bit, and you you think you're all set. And you know, you might have an injury. You know, injury happens all the time as well. You know, friends of mine, we were sort of going through the whole process at the time. One of my mates sort of broke his leg. You know, and he had two more. Um, two more finishes to get for his ninety-two and a half percent, and he hasn't ridden a bike in, you know, sort of coming up for two years. So it's it's a, it's a long process. It's a very long process, but you just got to keep keep chipping away at it. To be fair, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, you, you will eventually get there if you if you got the ambition and to to get there. So yeah, and it's interesting. You're doing this alongside normal life, alongside this job, which has to pay for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't get in from work last night till you know, 10 o'clock at night. And the only reason that I was working till 10 o'clock last night, because, you know, I need to go racing. I'm, you know, I've got, got, got the manx to pay for. And, you know, st- I've still got to have some sort of social life. I still got to, you know, go out for the odd curry with mates. And, you know, I've got the, the other half and, you know, I've still got, I've still got a life. But at the same time, you need to put the effort in during work hours at weekends to, to, to you know, to earn the money. The, the money is where it, it starts and you, you've got to be able to get that in through a sponsorship or, you know, basically working every hour you can. So, um, well, You don't have to answer this question, but I'm just wondering if you have any idea of how much money has gone into this for you so far. Oh, God, um, I, I, I do. I, I think um, as, a, as a rough guide, and this isn't included everything, um, a weekend's racing with no crashing is about £1,000. And um, that's not including buying a bike. So you've got, say, 10 meetings there. 
in your first year. So that's 10 grand just in meetings, you know, to get a clubman. Same again to get a national, that's 20 grand. You know, and that's not including maintenance, bike tyres. So over the course of two years, you're maybe including buying a bike. I've probably spent another 10. So I'm probably at near enough 30. And then traded up my bike to a national level bike. Um, that cost me sort of 20 grand. You know, again, I'm probably into it for probably the end of this year. I probably, we're not, not sure, probably 70 or 80 grand, I'd, I'd say, with, with ease. With ease. Absolute with ease. Um, I'm starting yeah, to think like your mum. You should have taken up knitting. I know. Could you could you imagine the amount of knitting needles I could have for seventy grand? So then the question, Connor, has got to be, you know, there's not just that financial side to it as well, but it's it's a very physical sport, as we know. And you and you talked about your friend who's out because of injury. I mean, it is it is dangerous. There will be people listening here. Go. What is it? Why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah, it's 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 bizarre because even the the sort of the build up to some of the bigger races and stuff like the build up towards the Manx is, you know, we're in the sort of process now of you know sort of sorting out all the paperwork for the Manx. You know, engines are being prepped, bikes are being prepped. It's a stressful ordeal. Like my other half will tell you, I am a miserable bastard at the minute. We're trying to get stuff done and stuff on time, organising everything. You know, as like I said, as, as well as having a life, it's it's why do we do it is because it's just the the sense of achievement because it's the way i look at it is it's like everyone who rides a motorbike knows of the isle of man tt and if you go to any bike meet there'll be people there who have a isle of man tt sticker on their bike or a jacket on and i think for every Five hundred thousand blokes in the whole of the like the world who say, "Oh yeah, I want to do a TT." Maybe two hundred of us are actually able to do it. Who put that commitment in? Or you know, a Manx, you know, Manx TT. You know, there's a very very small group of people who say to ourselves, "Yeah, you know what? We, I am going to attack this with everything financially I've got." You know, you know, I don't have the best bike. I don't have the best of this but i will give it the best shot that i can possibly do with the people i have around me and it's even if you come dead last you get off that bike and you go cool that was that was worth it because that was hard it was hard everything's hard you know the build up to it building the bikes getting everything prepped to get off that bike and go yeah yeah we did all right here we did all right and that's not that's not necessarily meaning podium finishes or anything like that it's just you know being able to go around and you know, just to be on on the circuit at the time. So I'm always intrigued by people who take part in the MGP and in the TT who aren't from the Isle of Man, Mm. who know that course better probably than many people who've been born and bred here. At this point in time, Connor, could you sort of take me around the course, do you reckon? Are you sort of very familiar with it? Yeah, I mean, if we come back from the sort of the newcomers weekend, um, about a month's, I've been about a month and a bit ago. So we've had the newcomers weekend, which we did with all the instructors and did plenty of laps. Um, so there, there's still plenty of learning to do. I mean, I'm watching um, sort of an onboard every night. Um, you know, some some nights I do do as many as my brain can take. Um, and I've got a few few more trips planned over just with myself with a van, you know, bike in the back of the van. So um, we, we're definitely doing lots of learning. Um and you know starting to get comfortable with with things and even with the tt just being on you know 
bits on the telly. You can start naming a few places and your brain starts thinking, oh, I know this section. And then they mention it on the commentary and you think, okay, well, I don't know this bit, but I know the bit that comes after it. And so it, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's a hard process. It's a very hard process. What about the it, TT game? Lots of people talk about that as a quite a useful tool. Yeah, it, the, the TT game is, is a good step. I find it's it's very easy to learn um, sort of where, you, you, you know, what, you know, your left and your right. So what, you know, is it a left corner coming up first? Is it a right corner coming up first? But it only gets you so far to the point of where, um, like, you know, riding a bike around somewhere like the sort of the Isle of Man um, course is, is all about markers. So it's peeling markers, breaking markers, you know, apex points. It doesn't teach you them sort of points, but it does get you a very, very, you know, chunk of the way there. Um, so when you go over to the Isle of Man, say on a newcomer's weekend, is you can be, you know, one or two steps ahead of the game because you know roughly what section it is. So when the sort of the trainers are saying, oh, look at this post, look at this, you, you, you can concentrate on them bits and not be thinking, oh, bollocks, you know, is it is it left, left, right? Or no, you know, you've got that bit mixed up and you think, oh, no, it's right, right, left. And in that previous time, they've mentioned, oh, yeah, peeling at this tree, don't at the wall on the left. And you, you miss that bit, do you know what I mean? So it's, um, it, yeah, it definitely has its place and comes in very useful. And you talk about the the trainers. We've obviously got a Richard Milky Quail, John Barton as well. And again, what I find from seeing what they do around TT time is their enthusiasm is so infectious. And I guess they're great role models insofar as people who've raced on that course and absolutely still love it with every inch of their being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't beat them and, and to be able to, for them to give back to, to sort of the people like us, you know, you know, both of them for the Fiala Man TT and the Manx is, is sort of a, a racer's point of view from, from my perspective is, is money cannot buy that, you know, no matter how much money you've got, they know for the, for the sport to carry on, it needs to be done safely and it needs to be done with sort of the knowledge of people who have ridden around there fast enough to know what they're doing. And, you know, it's for me, it's just, yeah, it, it, it makes the whole process easier. And it, if, even if it knocked off 5% of your stress levels of trying to learn the place, then it, it still makes a massive difference. Do you know what I mean? So. And with these newcomers weekends, obviously you, you get to meet other people, um, I assume, who are in the same position. How useful is that to be part of that sort of, I don't know, the, the newcomers community almost? Oh, it's, especially for me. Like I said, I've got I've got dyslexia and I've got the uh, <laughs> organisational skills of a donkey. So people have, people have always like, we're on like a WhatsApp group and people say, oh, have you done this form? Mainly I say, no, I haven't. Um, so it's, you know, even with, with getting paperwork in and, you know, you can sort of chat to lads and, and seeing their process of getting stuff ordered and, you know, even stuff like um, having your gear, you know, we need all new gear this time for, you know, to be FIM regulated. And it's like, oh, guys, you know, so-and-so are doing a deal on helmets and you, you're just trying to save every little penny you can. But if, if one of you buys a cheap helmet, you know, there's still the, the proper one, but, you know, someone's got a bit of a deal on it or something, you, you know, you can chat and talk and you can try and save each other a bit of cash here and there and, to be honest, even just the banter and just when you've had a bit of a bit of a bit of a rough day at work or, you know, a bit of a crap day on the bikes and the bike's not playing ball, you can you can go and talk talk to other sort of newcomers and realise, you know, you're not the only one who's who's going through it all, which is 
you know, which is worth its weight in gold. So the, you know, the whole racing community is, is amazing. It's better than any other community I've ever found. So That's really lovely, actually. And especially as a, a newcomer to the MGP this year, I suppose coming mm. with those newfound friends into that environment where you're setting up your camp and everything, that'll be really quite special then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's even stuff like you just need a hand, you know, with the amount of people that you have to have involved with with stuff and you know if, if you know you're running pit stops and even if they're not in the same class as you you know you've got to have a certain amount of people in a pit stop so you can kind of say okay look i'm i'm struggling to find a body you know it, it could be something as similar as can your mum hold a fire extinguisher in the pit stop and she would be like oh yeah she's free do you know what i mean it, you know it could just be physically having people around is handy to have you know and um just people you can call on and also as well what's nice is no matter what bike you're on you when you come off the bike in the evening, you're popping into an awning and you're discussing things. You know, you're talking about, oh, I'm struggling with this section here. What are you doing? And the problem, maybe perhaps with the, the you know the, the trainers is that they're so good and they're they're so advanced. That sometimes you kind of feel some of your things you want to ask or your questions you feel are, are a bit stupid. And you think, oh, you know, what do you think? And sometimes chatting with other newcomers and other you know the people you think yeah okay you know they're, they're struggling with that as well you know so it's it just makes it all relevant and 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 nice so yeah so with regard to the pit stops then you mentioned that the number of people that you need who have you got coming along with you <laughs> uh well i've got got my dad so my, my dad's always been by my side um ever since i started racing um so he's he's sort of coming with me um and there's a friend who is coming over on a family holiday with his missus and i haven't told him yet but he's in the pit stop and i love it he's got no choice no he, he hasn't i said i said if you are if you are coming over with you and your girlfriend i said you will be in my pit stop and he says oh, i've got a car i said i've got a beer it's a family holiday i said oh, i don't care yeah. that's a lot of beer you're gonna have to buy yeah but it's a lot of beer yeah definitely a lot of beer but it'd be worth it it'd be worth it so yeah he just but then it's just then it's you know i've got to try and find an extra couple of people and yeah it's, it's all of a sudden it's like okay you're just asking around so you know i still after a few people for pit stops and you know still after some gear for them because you need all the fireproof overalls and you know it's you know you've got to buy them you've got to supply your own fireproof overalls so you know not only is it bike stuff and leathers and helmet it's you know you know four sets of fireproof overalls you know fire extinguisher balaclavas gloves you know all current fim stuff and you know, it, it adds to the bill. So okay, so if anyone's listening, then and they can point anything in your direction, I'm guessing it'll be very gratefully received. Oh yeah, yeah. Even if it's a quid, to be fair, it'll all help. So, and how have you found the whole finding sponsorship and support, certainly financially? How's that process been for you? It's a it's a difficult one, to be fair. Some some lads are amazing at it, and you know can offer stuff like. Um, you know, hats and t-shirts and stuff to buy, you know, which is a great way of doing it. And, you know, people don't realise if, if, you know, if there's if there's people selling a t-shirt or a beanie that, you know, if you buy it, and for you, it might, it, you know, it might seem a bit expensive, you know, a tenner for a beanie, 20 quid for a beanie, but it, it really massively helps. But for, for me personally, I, I've, I have struggled with the sort of the sponsorship side just because um, I struggle asking for sort of financial gain, really. It's, you know, I definitely need it. Um, but it's yeah something that I struggle with sort of to hold my hands out and say look I, I need some need some, yeah I basically need some money off everyone to help me go racing it's um it's it's a 
sort of is a very difficult thing to to sort of do without sort of feeling you. Oh, I don't know whether you feel like you're ripping everyone off or or what, but yeah, I've sort of always try to do it myself. But it, it it's, it's got to the point where you you do need to put your hands out and 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 say, look, I need to, I need, I need a bit of help, guys. And yeah, the, um, you know, there are people that that will definitely always put sort of their hand in their back pocket and 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 give you help. But, you know, people have always come up to me in the past and just said, oh, I've seen you racing and followed you a bit and sort of give you 50 quid here or 100 quid here. And um, you can't even begin to explain what it feels like when someone gives you like, oh, there's, look, he's 100 quid towards your fuel or something. You think, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I needed that because you, you're going to be spending the money no matter what. If the bike needs a new engine, it's going to have a new engine. It, you get to the point where you've invested so much money that you don't, you once you're in it so far, you, you can't stop. You know, you got to go. You got to follow it through to the end. So, so what's the day job then? What are you using to primarily finance this? Uh, well, apart from selling my body, which isn't really working, <laughs> no one wants to buy that bit yet. I, I basically, oh yeah, I'm a welder. So I'm, I'm a mobile welder in the Hertfordshire area. So um, I go around and sort of weld up people's stuff, which is a uh, which um, yeah, which which mainly funds it. Dad probably likes is, is you know helps me out a bit financially when he can. Um, he's sort of semi-retired, so I'm sure he'd rather be spending his money on going on holidays rather than buying tires and chains and everything. But it's um, so yeah, so it's mainly myself. You know, my dad helps me a little bit. I've got some friends that sort of stick their hands in their pockets when they can, and yeah, it's, it's all I can really ask for, and it's 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 worked amazing so far. But I couldn't ever imagine you know me playing a bit of Sunday league football and going. You know, oh, could, has anyone got 150 quid for me to go play Sunday league football so they can pay me entries for a year? It, it's, I don't know, for me, I see, I see probably things a bit backwards, but it's, it's, it's difficult. And I know I'm not the only, only lad that, that thinks like that. And I think that's why these sort of interviews with you guys, uh, especially for the new, newcomers, uh, are worth their weight in gold because it, it allows sort of the people listening to really put like a face behind the visor, if you know what I mean, and think, okay, well, you know, I've heard this Connor on the radio. He seems like a nice chap. I might follow his racing for a bit, and you know, you might find me in the paddock. Not necessarily to give me money, but even just to come have a chat and just to shoot the shit. It's you know, it's it's always nice when when people, you know, you'd be racing for the day and you get off the bike at the end of the day. You park it up and go in the pub, and people say, "Oh, I've seen you going round," and you know, they might say, "Oh, the bike looks nice," or "You're a bit slow," and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice. So as we're talking then, Connor, I'm wondering if you know exactly how long there is until MGP. Have you got a little countdown? No, there's not long. I know there's not long because <laughs> the stress is really ramping up now, to be fair. Um, I know I've got um, Scarborough coming up at the end of the month and then um, that'll be the last race I do. Um, so obviously till till August, till we properly get out. So I'll be, able to be doing a few more, few more trips to the Isle of Man um, to do some learning. Um, but yeah, I know we, the time is of an essence at the minute. So yeah, not long at all. And then obviously you've got to get your bike set up and make sure that's all okay. But from your point of view, physically, are you following any particular program? Do you, are you watching what you eat? I mean, how how is that side of things? Yeah, I mean, I've um, got, got a trainer at the minute. So doing some like personal training sessions and sort of like doing a plan to, um, you know, sort of build on sort of, you know, course ability stuff and especially um, sort of like forearms and legs, you know, all the way you ride a bike is, you know, it's the core stability and legs really, you know, it's, um, you know, being able to hold on to the thing, you know, not with your weakest part, you know, like your hands, which can fatigue, you know, it's it's trying to hold on to it with, with your legs. So yeah, definitely, definitely doing lots of people, 
um, lots of personal training sessions with with her, um, and then yeah, sort of doing doing some runs, doing a couple of runs every week as well. So, you know, doing like a ten k, a five k, or a couple of ten k runs a week just to to sort of try and keep the weight off, and if we can keep losing the weight as well, and yeah, hopefully just just put us in a good stead for for, for spending a, a chunk of time on the on the bike. So. Yeah, and just do that around, you know, working and trying to have a social life as well. It sounds easy, Connor. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so easy. Yeah, but my head at the minute just is, you know, like they're one of the monkeys with like the tambourines in it that just keep smashing it together. That's just, that's just like, that's just what my brain feels like at the minute. It's just a monkey with a big tambourine smashing it together. Oh, you just have to remember that ultimate goal. You know, this is, this is what it's all been leading to, I guess. And if you could speak now about what it is you really want to, achieve what will be success i guess to you what does that look like um to, to, to be honest with you i mean my, 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 sort of my dream will be achieved of you know sort of being able to um just to just to be able to ride around the thing sort of you know semi-competitively just just being able to be have that tap on the shoulder and go down bray hill will be you know the, the pretty much the box ticked off um, of course, as, as a career progresses, the, the, the dreams are always ever evolving, aren't they? And um, I've always found that, you know, a, a dream of mine would, would, would be to sort of win up, win a Manx Grand Prix or, you know, if you know if I've got the ability to sort of move on to the Isle of Man TT and, you know, to even compete at the TT is, is another level again, let alone, you know, being, say, the top 20 or the top, you know, 30. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely sort of the dream behind a dream is, is sort of to get to the TT and, um, sort of be semi-competitively at the TT would, would be the ultimate dream. But like I said, the, I've already accomplished more than what I ever could have done, you know, even sitting here talking to you today. So it's, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how everything's going and, yeah, just got to keep chipping away at it. Well, kind of, we cannot wait to see you over here um, for MGP. So we wish you all the best and hope everything runs as smooth as it possibly can do in the weeks running up to it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you when you're over here. Yeah, that'd be great. Anyone can always come feel free to find us in the paddock and have a chat, have a cup of tea and a biscuit. And yeah, I'm always happy for, for people like you to, to give us a time of day. It's, you know, it's amazing. Like I've said before, it, it helps us out big time. And yeah, it's just, just nice to, to let, you know, People know there's a, there's a bit of a, a bit of someone behind the visor, and yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy doing this sort of stuff. So I, I thank you for that opportunity to to talk to you for a bit. So thank you, Connor Wade, giving us a real insight into what his life over the past year or so has really been like. There is so much that goes into racing that you just don't see when they just charge past you as you're standing as a spectator on the side of the road. And if you've been listening to Connor and you'd like to tell your story, I would love to hear from you. Beth Espy at manxradio.com or you can find the link at the Manx Radio website. So until next time, take care. Bye bye.